George Kirkpatrick, Inspiration for the Nation, celebrating people we feel good about. State Senator John Mannion has defeated Rebecca Sheroff to help Democrats maintain a supermajority in the New York State Senate. He won by 10 votes, ladies and gentlemen, 10 votes. And so, uh, State Senator Senator Mannion, welcome to the program. Uh, how does it feel to have one finally be able to uh, be reelected? It was pretty, uh, what do you call it? It was a nail-biter for several weeks. It was a nail-biter, yes. Thank you, George, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, 10 votes. Oh, We had over 120,000 votes cast. So, you know, people will say my vote doesn't count. And I think this is a testament to the fact that it actually does. Um, I've been through close races. You know, this is my third time through. They've always been close. So uh, I got good people around me to make sure that, you know, I stay grounded and they support me. And and certainly that was the case through this process. I have uh, a new district, you know, redistricting changed things quite a bit. I had 15 towns and parts of two cities. I lost both of those cities and only kept five of the towns with 13 new towns and two new cities. So um, you know, there was some getting to know me and me getting to know some people, but I'm happy to be back representing central New York in the Senate. And you, and you really emphasize that the fact that every vote counts. So let's, uh, what does your new district consist of now? Sure. So, uh, I have seven towns in Onondaga County. The five towns I had before were Salina, Clay, DeWitt, Manlius, uh, Gaddis. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Camillus. Uh, the Salina that I said there was a new town. So, mm. uh, and then the one other town is Cicero. Then we move up into Oswego County, uh, where I have the cities of Fulton and Oswego, and then 11 new towns. I could list them. I hope I get them all right. But uh, Scruple, Scriba, uh, Hannibal, Hastings, West Monroe, Constantia, Volney, Granby, the town of Oswego. And I hope I didn't forget everybody. I think I got it right, and I wasn't counting on my fingers. I can only count to 10 anyway at this point. Right. So you picked up a large swath of Oswego County. Absolutely. So by uh, geographic area, it's about half of the county. By population, it's about three-quarters of the county. And I was a SUNY Oswego grad, and I worked at, uh, you know, I lived on what I call the sub shop street, which was West 8th. Uh, I've been in there a few times recently and uh, had, had the Roker, which is uh, amazing. I recommend it to everybody if they get to Oswego. Uh, but I also, um, uh, you know, worked when I was there during my two years in Oswego. So anyway, I know the area well. I'm a native central New Yorker, but it is, uh, you know, a new world in many ways. And I'm getting to know them and they're getting to know me. I was at the Fulton City Council meeting uh, just last night and um, have a good relationship with everybody and looking forward to working with the elected leaders all around both counties. And you you continue to have a portion of the city of Syracuse uh, and some of the Eastern, right? Or no? I actually don't know. So now Rachel May, uh, I had part of the North side of the city and with the maps there was uh, and the changes that they went through, there's a lot of confusion that's out there, but um, Rachel uh, May has the entire city of Syracuse. Uh, so I have some of the eastern, western, and northern suburbs. But, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the city. My heart's in the city. And certainly a lot of things that influence my district are things that happen in the city of Syracuse. It's our core, and our strength is in that core. So uh, I'm, I'm always going to be an advocate and uh, 
and wish I had it. But the fact that I don't, you know, is um, just the way it is. And we move on and I'm happy to represent the region and there are certainly regional priorities. Uh, talking to State Senator uh, John Mannion, you you were able to secure some arts funding, uh, a nice hall for the Auburn Public Theater. Yeah, well, uh, Auburn is no longer in the district, but I've been to the public theater, and I think we all agree that it's organizations like that that make Central New York a great place for people uh, that may come to the area just to visit or end up uh, staying here. They find those gems like the Auburn Public Theater, and uh, it's a fantastic organization. But, you know, the pandemic was tough. They need the support and um, happy to deliver on that and help them continue to do great things out there. Right now, the country is, uh, it, its heart is uh, going out to uh, DeMar Hamlin, who uh, suffered the cardiac arrest during the Cincinnati Bengals-Buffalo Bills game Monday night of this past week. So uh, what are you thinking uh, what do you what what everyone's heart is is thinking about the situation? And there's a follow up question after you answer that. OK, yeah, I, I, I mean, I was I'll go backwards a little bit, which was uh, starting with just a few hours ago. I was on the Senate floor and my leader, Andrew Stewart Cousins, uh, referenced Damar Hamlin, the the opposition leader referenced him. And I was watching the game. I was with my family, uh, like a lot of uh how we conduct business now in, in the new era, we were all kind of on our phone. So I was watching it on my phone, even though there was a TV nearby and uh, there was a conversation happening, but I was watching the game and uh, my wife asked me a question. I didn't respond right away. And I was, I, I've watched a lot of football. I'm sure you have George, sure. and, you know, you never hear the phrase aggressively working uh, on somebody who's injured. That was not a good sign to watch his teammates was so impactful on me. And I mean, at this point, I'm just thankful to hear that he's doing better than what we had expected. It reminds people of what's important. You know, um, we do important work in the Senate, but we wanna make sure uh, that uh, we have the perspective that people are people. He has a family. We look up to him as a football player, uh, but to see the impact that his uh, his teammates, the impact it had on them, that somebody they love and work with every day is is may may lose their life at that point is just one of those reminders. And you know, there's inspiring parts of it. Of course, the fact that he's still with us is is amazing from where I was uh, that night. And I think a lot of people felt like this is this is not in in a good position here. But, you know, people did what they could. And uh, to see what happened to his charity and the donations that and then, went and to it still, is one of those things. Yeah. And still counting. Feel good. Still yeah. counting. Right. Uh, $2,500 was his goal. And it's millions, literally, now and counting as we speak, right? Um, let's talk about some of the priorities for the Senate and the Assembly and for your district. Uh, everyone's concerned about public safety and there's been conversations about mm -hmm. the impact of bail reform. Should there be some modification to bail reform to give judge judges back the discretion that yeah. some say we took away, that the legislature took away? 
You know, I I feel like part of my job as a legislator is to inform people of what actually the law does. And uh, when I'm at people's doors, I do that. And I do think that uh, those uh, initial reforms happened before I was in office. Some of them are referred to as as scaled back. But but those changes, I think, were necessary. They they keep the intent of the law in place that we have been through a time where, you know, justice for all was not an equal justice for all. So so we've made that adjustment. And now um, I do think that the changes that have been made address certain things. They do. They did make more crimes bail eligible. Um, they did address things like gun trafficking and they're done with an intent to get it right you know, get it right. And uh, my leader, Andrea Struh-Cousins, who's fantastic, said, uh, you know, on the floor today that we can have both. We we believe we can have justice and public safety. And I believe that. So there are probably still some things like there always has been where we swing one way and swing the other. Um, there's something, one issue that's brought to me by individuals who are my constituents and law enforcement was uh, how if an order of protection is violated, that there there may not be the teeth there to really hold someone accountable. And that's something that that I think resonates with most of us. So, so um, uh, you know, I listen, I continue to listen, I continue to believe I, I'm educating as well. And we um, we are always working towards a more just society, but we want to make sure that people's uh, safety is in place also. And and we do important work. So we have to listen to everyone. And if there are uh, changes, you know, um, I'm I'm willing to listen to that. And uh, but proud to serve in the conference that I do because there's great diversity of thought and we have those great conversations. And I have great respect, as I said, for my colleagues and my leadership. I know you voted against the pay raise, but it's sitting on Governor Hochul's desk. Should she sign it? So uh, at this point, she she has signed it. And, okay. uh, you know, I mean, uh, I do believe that part of the negotiation that had occurred prior was between uh, leadership in the Assembly, the Senate and the governor. So if they're going to call a special session, that means there's probably a good chance that the governor will sign it and um uh, this is challenging work. You know, we are highly scrutinized. I The part of the legislation that I do like has to do with a ban on outside income. Uh, I've, I've run on that every time. It's not a complete ban, but it does limit outside income. And I believe that uh, if you're going to do that, you also should make sure that we're drawing good people, people with integrity into the profession. They don't, they're not corrupted by any outside income. Um, but then they, you know, they have to be paid a, a decent wage. And this is, you know, for Central New York, when you throw that number or that percent increase, people people uh, open their eyes. It's a lot of money. It really $2, is. $2,000 you know? increase. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that uh, that was that was a factor in me saying, you know, uh, what would my constituents want me to do? And I think most of them would have said that this is excessive. And I think there's a better way. It's small incremental increases that are embedded. And I express that we didn't get there. But, um, you know, ultimately, that's why I ended up on a no vote. What is your what is your plan for the district? What should we be asking you for? What do you want? The, what, what, are the, what are you being asked to do? For your newly configured district and what uh should we look forward to you look sure. forward for you to do for us well there's i think there's many things that 
central New Yorkers over the, my entire life living here say the same kind of things. Uh, one has to do with good quality jobs. You know, when we lost a lot of those jobs out of New Venture Gear or Carrier, um, it really hurt. And it, and it didn't necessarily hurt all of us proportionally. Mm -hmm. uh, but but we are making a comeback. I, I was proud to be a part of the legislation that helped draw Micron here with the Green Chips Bill in New York State. I can Big go deal, into that. right? But but we're going to need some supporting legislation to help move, uh, you know, help with in infrastructure projects or other projects, uh, zoning issues. So I'm ready to do that. And it's in my district. Um, but but two things that I think are always present is we want quality health care for the people of central New York. We sure. have very robust systems. I think many of us know and certainly uh, those of us that have gone to try to seek care have seen that those appointments don't come as quickly the wait times in the emergency rooms are much longer. Right. And it's very frustrating for us because we have not experienced that. So we got to rebuild the workforce, support our healthcare institutions. And I'm a former educator. You know, we expanded uh, universal pre-K in many districts in upstate New York, including in my district. And we want to support these kids, uh, you know, from pre-K through higher ed. And with our support of SUNY and CUNY programs and those universal pre-K programs, uh, that's that's uh, warms my heart because we want to make sure that the opportunities there, uh, education is a great equalizer, and I think it's a great time to live here locally. and And I think we're on the upward swing. We want to make sure that those uh, kids are trained and and uh, go into whatever profession they want to go into, and our schools can do that for them. You mentioned Micron, such a big deal for the region, and you know Central New Yorkers looking forward to. The, the, the tremendous opportunity that the uh, potential $100 billion investment means for the area. But then there was the cutback of the workforce. So people like, oh no, is this, what, what does that mean? They said that this would be subject to market conditions, but could you reassure our audience that Micron is, is here to stay, that this is a, a significant investment and that, uh, or how would you reassure the audience yeah. when they hear the cutback in the workforce? I believe there is a full commitment from Micron. In my conversations, they were so excited to come to Central New York. They love the people. They love the environment. They love the transportation systems. They love the energy. They love the water. And, and, and I'll go back to the people. They really saw a work ethic and a kindness. So I know that's happening. It's happening in other um, uh, semiconductor manufacturers in this country and around the world. But I, I believe them to be true to their word, and I trust the county and the governor and others to make sure that they follow through on that. There was a lot of excitement uh, the night of the announcement. Yes. And uh, and I was there and got to speak with a lot of the executives from Micron, and they're in love with Central New York, honestly. And it's it's beyond that. Um, they're they're getting incentives from the federal government and from the state if they meet the their energy uh, requirements and their job requirements, and um, they're invested. They're ready to come. And I I when I hear those concerns, I don't blame people because we've been sold a bill of goods sometimes in the past, <laughs> right, but I, right. I trust it and, uh, and I believe in them and, uh, believe it's coming and coming in a big way. Um, last thing you, um, uh, Governor Hochul is, a, is nominating a chief justice. Senator May has said no, uh, for Hector LaSalle. What do you say? 
I have uh, said that we should go through the process. You know, I think in, in out of respect for the governor and out of respect for Judge LaSalle, um, I was a former labor leader. And uh, as a result, I stood on the front lines. I had to represent my members. And the judge has, uh, you know, some decisions that certainly are concerning in that uh, realm. But, uh you know, we want diversity in our courts and the chief judge of New York being um, from, you know, being Hispanic is certainly uh, historic, but it's beyond historic. It's a commitment to the moving in the right direction. Uh, many of my colleagues have chose to come out publicly. My statement publicly is really that, yes, I have the labor concerns, but we should go through the process. I will uh, have a scheduled meeting with um, Judge LaSalle and, um, you know, the Again, we have a process for a reason. We'll we'll see where it goes. Certainly, the governor is sticking to uh, with her nominee, as uh, you know she she has every right to do. But many of my colleagues have come out. I'm going to let it play out. Hector Lasalle being nominated for Chief Justice Justice of New York State. Okay, well, listen. Thank you, uh, State Senator John Manning, with the newly configured 50th Senate District, and uh, we wish you well. And uh, your vote counts because it's by 10 votes that he's sitting uh, in his seat and being reelected. Um, anything else you want us to know before you go? No, thank you, George. I appreciate you having me on. You know, this is an important program and uh, I, I'm honored to be able to, you know, say a few words, let people know where I'm coming from. I wish everybody a happy and healthy new year. And uh, thanks again, George. I appreciate it. I didn't ask you about cannabis. But I guess, uh, <laughs> is that, well, how's that going? <laughs> I, I will say, you know, I have visited a, a facility recently locally and uh, they're ready to go. I think that there's very good leadership in that area. Chris Alexander, uh, many folks may know, uh, if I have it correct, attended Syracuse University. I had multiple conversations with him before he was placed in the position that he is you know, this is a major undertaking. It's a big project, and there has been somewhat of a bumpy road. But, uh, but um, you know, if we're going to get it right, I, I think Chris Alexander is one of the people to make sure that that happens, and I have great confidence in him. So, uh, you know, if people have questions, they can always contact our office on this issue or otherwise with an email or a phone call, and we'll clarify as best we can. Stay Senator John Mannion. Take care of yourself. And, uh Work is work is beginning uh, and it's ongoing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, George. Appreciate you having me on. Inspiration for the nation.